This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 114. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Hey there, Veg Zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicki. And this is Larissa. In this episode of the Vegetarian Zen podcast, we're going to be talking about ways to use frozen vegetables and fruits. So whether they're ones that you've bought pre-frozen, like in the store, or ones that you preserved yourself from your garden or your farmer's market shopping trip. So we talked a little bit in episode 113 about preserving, right? Mm -hmm. So it's either one. That's what we'll be talking about today. Right. All right. And now I know we have a new rating. We do. Yay. So, yay. So this is from uh, the U.S. on uh, Septem- uh, September. Ugh. It's, it's just <laughs> you August are now. zooming ahead. I guess. I just want it to be cool. It's just too hot. Oh, uh, yeah. At least we got a nice little rainstorm today, though. Right. That was nice. Uh, oh, okay. So back to this rating. So uh, from the U.S., uh, July 23rd, 2015, from Leander. And uh, the title of the review was Veggie Zen. And uh, Leanne says, new to this podcast, and I'm really enjoying it. Have to agree with the other reviews. It feels like you're listening to a pleasant conversation with friends. The most recent episode on reducitarianism, hope I'm spelling that right. And yes, you did was uh, really encouraging for me as a newbie. I really appreciate the encouragement and non-judgmental attitude. Awesome. And, and we welcome. really appreciate, appreciate the review. Yes, very much so. And welcome to the podcast. Welcome to our little community here. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we also had a bit of listener feedback from, let's see, Karina mm-hmm. on our website. So you want to go ahead and share that? I do. So Karina left a comment on the website, and it's uh, in regards to organic farming. So I'm just going to read her comment real fast, and then we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. So she says, Hi, Vicki and Larissa. I, ho- I love your podcast. I started last week and haven't been able to stop. You both have great suggestions and points to make, but I noticed that in this episode, and this was the one about, I'm not sure which episode it was. It was a recent episode, Uh, I think, yeah. Uh, In this episode, there was a little misunderstanding, which most people have. You mentioned that unless your food is organic or local and assured that the farmer doesn't use pesticide, then your food most likely has pesticides. Organic food actually does contain pesticides. The extremely harmful ones aren't allowed, but there are pesticides nonetheless, unfortunately. If you want to limit pesticide use, then buy local. It has an extremely lower amount of pesticides than imported produce, but there are probably GMOs in the produce, so it's a truly personal decision who you want to support. Anyway, thank you for speaking out about vegetarian and veganism. So thank you so much, Karina. We appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's really awesome that you reached out. And I really appreciate you being cool about it, too. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that you, you know, you um, you just mentioned that it's a common misunderstanding. And I, I was trying to remember which episode we might have been talking about that. But uh, it did force us to go and do a little bit more digging and research. And I think you found a little bit more research, right, Larissa? I did, yeah. And I, I did just some preliminary research so I could we could respond to this. And, and then it also kind of prompted our next episode. And I think this goes to the point, too. This can can all be very confusing. And I think sometimes intentionally it is, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. That uh, there are folks out there trying to confuse us. So we really appreciate your contribution to helping us 
clarify this or mm-hmm. get a little bit more right about this also. So go ahead and right, right. Thoughts. So yeah, so I did a, a little bit of research just you know right off, uh, so we could talk about this on this episode, and I found that uh, Karina, you are correct that or about organic farming and pesticide use. So while there's there is a lot of information out there. And of course, you know, I certainly have not read it all. And even when I research for the episode, the follow up episode we'll do on this, I still won't, you know, get to read everything that's out there, but I'll, I'll get a better idea. So, but I did find the following sentiment echoed in multiple locations and good locations, not you know, Aunt Meg's blog. Aunt Meg's blog, yeah. <laughs> not that Aunt Meg Aunt might Meg. not have a good <laughs> view on this. All right. So, but, but this one's taken from an article written by a Berkeley grad student. And, you know, he's not, a, uh, you know, someone who's an organic farmer or, uh, by any means. But I like this because, and I use this quote because it expresses in plain language what all the other ones were saying as well. So this is, and this is what he says. He says, so what does organic mean? It means that these pesticides, if used, must be derived from natural sources, not synthetically manufactured. Also, these pesticides must be applied using equipment that has not been used to apply any synthetic materials for the past three years, and the land being planted cannot have been treated with synthetic materials for that period either. Most organic farmers, and even some conventional farmers too, employ mechanical and cultural tools to help control pests. These include insect traps, careful crop selection, there are a growing number of disease-resistant varieties, and biological controls such as predator insects and beneficial organisms. That is a good explanation. It really is. And, and like I said, that's a very basic version of what I think Karina was trying to say. So uh, in a late, either the next episode or one coming up soon, we'll kind of revisit this topic and, and talk more about it. But thank you so much, Karina, for the comment and for your kind words about the podcast. We appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. All right, let's move into our main topic then. And uh, we're going to start with a little bit of a debate here, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is the great fresh versus frozen nutrition debate. Right. So, which is better? Is it possible that frozen produce could contain more nutrients than fresh? So I've always heard, this is before, of course, because now I know the answer, but... (laughs) Before, I kind of always heard that frozen vegetables weren't that great, Mm -hmm. that it was better to always have fresh. And then, of course, canned is worse, right? Yes. Uh, All right. So, but the short answer to that question, is it possible? Uh, Yes, it is possible. And there are several reasons behind this. So, the first thing is that um, if processed properly at their ripest state, so when when vegetables are frozen or fruit even... uh, if they're picked at their ripest state and then processed immediately, the produce will contain the high nutrient content that, that they have because they're they're like super ripe, right? So prepackaged frozen vegetables certainly are picked, you know, in this state and then frozen immediately. If you learn how to freeze from someone like our guest on last week's episode, Megan Kane, then yours will too. So what's the process for freezing? I don't know what that is. Right. Well, it, it's really simple, actually. So fruits and vegetables are picked when they're at their ripest, and then they're processed immediately, like I said. Um, so they're blanched, which means that they're put into boiling water for a short period and then cooled quickly. So you can dunk them in ice water to stop that, you know, cook any cooking process. Uh, 
the and the blanching process what that does is it deactivates enzymes that are in the fresh produce and uh these enzymes are things and we've talked about this in a past episode and i don't remember which one it was i should have looked it up but i'll put it in the show notes okay we talked about these these enzymes and how they work to um produce decay in the food and when as the fruit and vegetables decay, they lose their nutrients, right? So the blanching process deactivates those enzymes, but it also helps, uh, it works to remove dirt okay. from the produce. So so that's the circumstance in which frozen would actually be better better than fresh, right? So just to clarify. Right. So frozen, when they're picked at the ripest, and versus fresh where it's kind of on the overripe site. Right. 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 So still, I mean, if you have a choice between going out in your garden or going to the the produce stand or, or farmer's market and buying something or picking something and using it immediately, like for dinner that night, then that's still you, you want to do that. Assuming you know the right time to harvest. See, I would yes. not know that. <laughs> right. True. Because <laughs> you tell me like certain things you pick. You say, that's not ready yet. I'm like, uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know how that is. So if you know the right time to harvest, then that probably works out for you. Right, right. All right. So then to kind of sum all that up, eating older fresh fruits and vegetables can result in consuming less beneficial nutrients. Okay. All right. So what about, let's talk about some just basic tips for cooking frozen vegetables. All right, so as we talked about, cooking in water can cause a loss of water-soluble vitamins, so particularly B-complex vitamins and vitamin C. So it is better to steam, and uh, steaming over water or vegetable stock is preferable, Uh, and that also gives it a little bit of extra flavor too, right? Right, if you steam over vegetable stock. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, if you're you're not a vegetarian, then I've, I've read, you know, steam it over beef broth or chicken broth or whatever, but, you know. We don't do that. So Yeah. And when you cook the frozen vegetables, you want to use the lowest heat setting possible. So this is why steaming is good for this as well, because the veggies are not directly on the heat source. Right. So it's not the same as braising where you put them in a pan with some stock or some, you know, and and Mm -hmm. heat them that way. So they're not directly touching that pan. They're over boiling water. And that's really good. Frozen vegetables don't have to be defrosted. Before cooking, you can defrost them, but you don't have to. Uh, if you do want to defrost, place them in the refrigerator for one to two hours and then fix them immediately, cook them immediately. Yeah, and if you do defrost them, you want to make sure not to refreeze them because refreezing, and I did not know this, refreezing defrosted food can cause contamination and spoiling. I did not know that. Right, and, and that's not just for vegetables and fruits. That's for anything. So like if you have a frozen dinner or a frozen something which that, i've done before yeah you don't do that uh <laughs> that that thaws or something and it don't stick it back in the fridge yeah, when i read that i was idea. like oops yeah right <laughs> well i didn't die so <laughs> yeah. okay yeah all right um another good idea is any of the so the the water or stock that you use when you steam your vegetables you can keep that and use it to make soups or gravies or sauces cuz because that will have first of all it has the flavor but if it's a a stock but it will also contain some of the nutrients from the vegetables that kind of you know from the the steam process and it kind of drops down in there so that's good 
All right. So what do we look for in the store when we're shopping for for, uh, frozen veggies and fruits? Well, you want to look for vegetables and fruits in the frozen section that are in their most natural state. So what does that mean? That means you want ones that are just plain vegetables or fruits you don't want you you want to steer clear of the ones that have added ingredients like, like all the sauces yes. and all that stuff yeah. yeah you have like the corn and butter sauce which yeah it tastes really good but i mean that it's not just okay there's butter it, it there are other things that have to go into that you can to add your preserve own. it exactly mm-hmm. that's better that's what's better to do so vegetables and sauce um the pre-seasoned ones so i know like there are the ones that are uh, have the oriental type flavors for stir fries. And I mean, but when you get into that, when you they start adding those flavorings, you get into things like potentially MSG, MSG mm-hmm. or the other quote, natural flavorings, which you know, we know that some of those are not vegetarian. MSG is in a lot of places. That, remember really when is. I saw my favorite chips, my favorite tortilla chips, and mm-hmm. I turned it around and I saw my it's like, MSG. MSG, I was like, like, no wonder they taste so good, but uh. <laughs> And then uh, I hate when people bring my favorite chips to work now, too. And I'm like, oh, I know, and, right? Uh, yeah. And the cubicle right in front of me tends to be the food cube because it's like an empty cube. So, yeah, I have to sit and stare <laughs> at my cube. MSG, my favorite MSG chips. <laughs> uh, so the sauce preseason. But then also when you talk about f- when you're looking at frozen fruit, you can get the ones that are like in sauce and not sauce in um syrup you know the light syrup and don't be fooled by that light syrup that's garbage but uh, anything that's in the syrup that's added sugar that's added that you know could be preservative so you don't want that you do, you want ones that are just the fruit or just the vegetables that have been frozen and you know we still do look for organic whenever possible um for what it's worth and then of course if you want to do your own we as we mentioned earlier Definitely check out Megan Kane, uh, who is the creative vegetable gardener, and we interviewed her on episode 113. But definitely check out her book called Super Easy Food Preserving to help you freeze your own produce. She also talks about drying and and things, but she does a big section on uh, freezing. Yeah, so even if you're heading to the last few farmer's markets for a while and you find some good stuff, make sure you pick up that book because it'll show you how to uh, to – I have that mm-hmm. for the for the fall, right? Yeah, winter. so you can get you can get a nice fresh summer corn now at the farmers market. Bring it home, freeze it, and then you'll have it in January. It's like your own farmers market in a freezer, right? <laughs> and by the way, we still need, need do need to get a, a big chest freezer, a big freezer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then you found an article on clean cuisine, right? Yeah, this is a website. It's really cool. Marigold found this article. Thank you, Marigold. That's our, our virtual our assistant. Assistant. Um, but it's uh, the website is Clean Cuisine, but the the address is cleancuisineandmore.com, and it'll be in the show notes. Never fear. Uh, but this, this uh, article has some really great suggestions for different flavor combinations that you can use with frozen vegetables. Um, and also with whole grains or beans or other legumes. So not just for frozen vegetables, but I just really like some of these combinations. So I'll just kind of run through a few of them here. One of them that I know you would like, for sure, I wouldn't be too fond of this one, is a lime juice, minced cilantro, red pepper flakes, crushed garlic, and cold-pressed extra virgin olive oil. Cilantro. Yeah. And the pepper flakes. I'm not a fan of those either. And I just bought some organic pepper flakes at the Whole Foods. 
so that's one. Uh, one that I would like for sure is the olive oil, oregano, basil, and thyme. And I've done things like that before. Those are good for like marinades for vegetables too. Can I back up just a second? No. When we said cilantro, I'm sorry, mom and dad for saying it like, the, like that. It's cilantro. Cilantro. <laughs> cilantro. They heard me saying cilantro. Enchilada. So, yeah. <laughs> bada bada. <laughs> sorry, mom, we're making fun of you. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, another one that... You might like, I wouldn't be a fond, fond of this one, is organic extra virgin olive, uh, coconut oil, cumin, turmeric, garlic, and ginger, which is has more of like a maybe a Asian taste to it. Okay, so I'd be fond of all of these except the next one you're just going to talk about. Oh, I, and I know why. <laughs> because the first thing on the list is Dijon mustard. Blah. I like Dijon. No, I don't. But you know what? You do and you just don't know it because when I put it in stuff, you don't know that it's in there. But you don't put a lot of it in. That's true. <laughs> uh, but no, you just don't like it I on... I would taste it. You don't I... like it on just like a sandwich or something. No, no. So yeah, so this one is Dijon, raw honey, lemon juice, crushed garlic, and olive oil. And then, oh, you would like the last one. Yes. Too. So go ahead. Mashed avocado. Blah. Yum. Cold pressed extra virgin olive oil, crushed garlic, lemon juice, uh, crushed garlic and lemon juice, <laughs> uh, and finely chopped cilantro. Cilantro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. And and uh, so definitely check out that article. There are some others that we didn't we didn't talk about, but uh, definitely some really good ideas there. All right, so I think we are ready to get into the recipe of the week. Yes, and this is one that, that I kind of did on the fly last week, right, at your uh, suggestion. Yes, and it was very good. So we had, uh, you came home for lunch, we needed something quick, and now I'm going to preface this by saying I didn't eat this because it's too spicy for me, but it looked really good and it smelled really good, I just can't eat the spice. Um, but you needed something quick, but you wanted lots of vegetables, and you wanted quinoa. And great for lunch, too. Right. And so what I did is I had a bag of the stir fry vegetables in the freezer unseasoned, just the plain stir. So it was bell pepper, um, green beans, onions, green beans, you know, a, a couple of things yeah. that make that stir fry mix. So I got that and I cooked some quinoa and I did the um, vegetables with, let me see how I did, just a little bit of olive oil to saute them. I didn't I didn't even steam them. I just did them right in the pan, which, you know, I mean, I used higher heat, so eh, shame on me. But I should hindsight, I should have steamed them and then just tossed them in the sauce. It was kind of, it was on the fly, you know? Yeah. But hindsight, what I would do is steam them and then toss them in this sauce. But I think what I did was just some olive oil, a little bit of garlic. Um, and then I did the, the vegetables, started cooking them, and then added some sriracha hot sauce which I can't tolerate. How much did you use? You said like a tablespoon? I used a couple of tablespoons, Okay, because it was pretty spicy. Yeah. And I love spicy, so that's that yeah. wasn't bad for me. But if you're going to try this, you might want to uh, yeah. go back a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's one. That's a good thing because you can just add however much you'd like. Yeah, start out with not a lot and then you can always the toss it a little bit more. Yeah. And then just put it over the quinoa and that's all I did. And it was a very good lunch, as I said. Before. Well, thank you. And then one thing you did mention, <laughs> very though, filling is too. to add a little bit, if you wanted to add a little bit more protein or make it a little bit more filling, is to maybe do some some of the corn uh, chicken, the little chicken tenders or something like that that you could add to it. And for those who are new and don't know what corn chicken is, it's Q-U-R-N. not real chicken. Q-U-R-N. Yeah, it's Q-U-R-N and it's C-H-I-C-K apostrophe N. Fake chicken. And it's pronounced how? It 
chicken. <laughs> I love it when you say that. <laughs> what what is the um what is it made from? We because it's, it's not a soy. Micro, no, it's not soy. It's I think it's soy free. I think it's gluten free. It's a mycoprotein. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure what yeah. all goes into that, but it's not soy. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid. By the way, and this could be a future podcast, just to let folks know, I'm trying to avoid soy or at least reduce it because I suspect I have a thyroid issue that I'm having tested right now. But um, so I'm cutting back on this. So I was very pleasantly, uh, I was very happy to see that. Corn does not use, mm-hmm. well, at least this, they don't use soy at they all, don't, don't they? Soy, None no. of their stuff has soy. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So let's move into the quote of the week. Go for it. Okay. The, since we're heading into fall and we were talking about harvesting and getting ready for the fall and the winter seasons, um, I have a quote about fall here. And the quote is from Dennis Waitley. And he said, the season for enjoying the fullness of life, partaking of the harvest, sharing the harvest with others, and reinvesting and and saving portions of the harvest for yet another season of growth. Yay, I like Yay. that. I think Megan would approve too, don't you? Uh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Good, that's perfect. Okay, so what is our reminder question for the oh, week? Oh, well, it's super easy. It's, uh, what are your favorite ways to use frozen vegetables? So uh, head on over to our uh, the show notes for this episode and definitely leave us a comment letting us know how you use frozen vegetables. And also let us know, do you freeze your own? This is kind of a piggyback on last week's question, I think. Do you do you have a garden? Do you freeze your own? Or, you know, if you go to farmer's markets, do you keep those? Yeah, make sure to share those recipes because those really can help other folks uh, as we're heading into the, the fall and the winter and the winter season. So we don't go back to junk food vegetarian be, uh, type ways just because stuff isn't available to us anymore mm-hmm. as easily, right? Right. Okay. Well, I think that does it for this episode. Until next time. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Vegetarian Zen. We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting vegetarianzen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.